0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hobothinga podcast. Today is September the 11th, 2019, and we're here today with Vincent Franco, our Compliance and Resource Development Director here at the Native Learning Center. Hi, Vince. Welcome. Hey, Wilma. So today's topic we're going to talk about is the anti-fraud controls and federal grants. And I know like a lot of people are interested in that. So Vincent is here to tell us a little bit about it. First of all, I know that there are uh, risks that a lot of TDHEs and organizations and tribes deal with, and I wanted to know, like, how do they reduce the risk of fraud? And abuse and
1: waste? Oh, that's, a, that's an excellent question, Wilma. And by the way, thank you for the opportunity to be here to talk about um, anti-fraud controls. That's a very specific question. I'll get to it if I can say, just give me a minute, because I think what I need to do is kind of lay the groundwork about fraud, um, abuse, and waste. And as it applies to federal programs, because I know a lot of tribes, as Wilma mentioned, there's a lot of tribes out there, TDHEs, which are tribally determined housing entities, and other departments that are concerned. But I want to do two things. I I want to uh, just take a minute and, and paint the picture before we get into it. I've been with the Native Learning Center as the Compliance and Resource Development Director. Since 2011, so I'm coming up on eight years with the Native Learning Center. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. And before that, I spent a number of years, some 25 years um, in the private sector working with nonprofit organizations on both sides uh, of the equation, both as a board of director member and as a key staff person, sometimes as an executive director. But what I want to do is do two things and kind of refresh everyone's memory one you'll remember vividly i'm sure the other you might have to i might have to jog your memory a little bit The first one, even though this podcast is going to be released um, sometime in the future, I do want to recognize and take a minute and recognize what today is. It is September 11th, so I do want to just take a minute and pause and recognize the souls that were lost during the destruction of the Twin Towers in New York City way back in 2001. Several thousand souls were lost, and I don't want to forget about them and recognize them. And also, I'd like to recognize the first response and others, some of them lost their lives as well. And as they were running in, a lot of other people were running out. So I always want to recognize that fact. That was one of the worst abuse situations the United States has ever experienced. Um, The other one Um, that's more in line what we're going to be talking about today with fraud, abuse, and waste is those of us of a certain age remember an organization back in 2000 in their prime, the year 2000, there was an organization in the private sector called Enron. And Enron was a financial institution and what they were doing was nothing more than a huge Ponzi scheme. And if you're not familiar with the Ponzi scheme, that's where organizations or people take money from investors and instead of getting new money to generate return on investment, they take old money and give that to new investors. That was created back in the 1920s by an Italian-American individual with the last name of Ponzi. And they actually named that scheme after him. Well, Enron, to make a long story short, Enron was doing that on a much bigger scale to billions of dollars on a global level. And when they were discovered in the somewhere around the year 2000, What they started to do before federal investigators came on the scene is they started destroying documents. They were shredding financial records, and they were doing other things to get rid of important information. They were discovered, their leaders went to prison, and what came of that two years later was what's known as the Sarbanes-Oxley Regulation. Uh, on a federal level also referred to as SOX SOX and what that does is it puts all kinds of stipulations on federal programs that's where as as president ronald reagan coined the trickle down effect came into and part of the that sarbanes oxley reg, uh, regulation back in 2002 was um, those regulations uh, became incorporated into the federal regulations we know today, mm-hmm. in particular the Super Circular, mm-hmm. which is referred to as the 2 CFR Part 200 Uniform Guidance? Those of us in um, Indian country that have uh, federal programs have to abide by the regulations that are spelled out in the Super Circular, and a lot of them pertain to fraud, abuse, and waste. In fact, there's so many internal controls in the um, super circular that it affects every part of, of operation mm-hmm. for a TDHE or tribe. So basically, if you've got federal funding, you have to abide by the regulations that are contained in the super circular, the two CFR part 200 uniform guidance. So to answer your question, um, Wilma, a very good one, what is fraud? What is abuse and what is waste as it pertains to federal programs? Well, we know from Sarbanes-Oxley it's going to refer to financial situations, and we all have to deal with financial situations, but it also pertains to operational situations within the organization. So let's break it down. There are three things that fraud constitutes. One, fraud is theft. It's outright theft. Mm -hmm. The intent is to take something that's not yours. Right. Uh, In this case, um, funds from the federal government. Mm -hmm. Fraud is also deception, or can be perceived as deception. The intent is to give someone or something uh, a consideration to which they are not entitled to. And the third thing, fraud is deliberate. Nine times out of 10, fraud, to be considered fraud, is a deliberate act. Sometimes it's criminal. Um, The second one, in addition to fraud, is abuse. Abuse comes in many ways and forms, but where it pertains to our federal funding is abuse is the improper use of government resources. As the recipient of federal funds, we all have a fiduciary responsibility. Fiduciary means we are responsible for the financial protection of those funds and resources that we receive. Abuse is now considered the improper use of those government resources. It is also deliberate. So those two are the big, the big bad ones, fraud and abuse. The third one is waste waste is the careless use of those resources waste is also can be considered excessive spending of federal funds and waste is also an unnecessary use of federal fund funds and or property or resources so our fiduciary responsibility as recipients of federal funds we are obligated to watch out for and protect against either real or perceived acts of fraud abuse and waste so those are the three big ones Wilma that that we're obligated as Mm -hmm. recipients of federal funds to uh, mitigate right on a regular basis which all makes sense yeah yes
0: yeah So, so thank you for sharing that so what would you think is excessive spending as far as waste
1: well there's There's all kinds of different categories, and let me just give you some examples Mm -hmm. um, of different um, situations and perhaps some solutions Mm -hmm. to those situations. One would be, uh, when it comes to abuse and waste, would be insufficient documentation. Um, It happens, it can happen all the time. If you don't have internal controls, Within your organization, which is, by the way, required mm-hmm. under that 2 CFR Part 200 super circular that I was talking about, you've got to have internal controls that mitigate the situation of insufficient documentation. So what is insufficient documentation? It could be copies of documents in your files instead of the originals. And we all have to keep copies of of documentation, financial in. Imp- uh, transactions in particular, so one of the areas of insufficient documentation would be not having the original document in there, having a copy of it. Mm-hmm. So okay. we you know, you look at something like that and you think, "Wow, could that be a fraud situation, or is that just uh, uh, bad record keeping?" Uh-huh. So that's something you have to be aware of. Uh, another one with insufficient documentation is keeping receipts for all transaction. Um, I know how we are here, and it applies to all other organizations. Keeping sufficient receipts of financial uh, transactions is critical. Not having them is a sign to a reviewer or to an auditor that something's not right. Something's not right. right. Is, it, is it just a careless act? Um, Or is it actual fraud? Mm -hmm. That is something that, you know, we have to watch out for. Um, A third one with insufficient documentation would be um, conducting periodic reviews by someone other than the um, person that provided the documentation. And that is something that we see a lot in um, financial situations. Mm -hmm. You always have to have what's called segregation of duties. Uh, That's something that's mandated in generally accounted uh, accounting practices. The person that receives the mail and and payments, for example, Mm -hmm. it should be that person who receives the mail should not be the same person who enters that information into the accounting system and or makes deposits mm-hmm. so there's a separation of duties so that's another one uh, receipts for transaction and and periodic reviews and the fourth one i want to mention which is probably the most important is internal controls policies and procedures uh-huh. uh, it's so important that it that is, is. It is. That mm-hmm. that is not only in place with everything an organization does, but it has to match up with what's spelled out in the uniform guidance, the super right. circular. Mm-hmm. Not only internal controls in in um, financial activities, but also in operational, and they have to be written. Okay. So yes. that's Definitely. important. Very uh, important. Another one would be um, unauthorized payments. Mm-hmm. This is something that has to be watched on a regular basis, uh-huh. all right? Um, establishing who in the organization has the authority to write checks, uh, and how much, and when. And does it take two signatures or one signature on a check, for example?
0: Okay, so what's the most common practice? It should. It's probably a good idea to have two, two.
1: people. Exactly.
0: So someone, just not one individual is just responsible, and that someone is overlooking the other. Correct.
1: Just, okay. For like in a housing authority mm-hmm. uh, situation, most likely the executive director is going to be a signatory mm-hmm. on payment checks, and also one other person. Maybe that's the accountant or the CFO, um, or the court, or the vice chair, or mm-hmm. the chair of the um, of the board of directors if they have one. But usually, two signatures is the common way to go it's yes. a checks and balance situation right, right. so that's another one. One person signing it off really isn't the best protection because one person signing on a check could be you know can be uh taken advantage of
0: right, right. so
1: that's another one um, unauthorized payments and another one under authorized unauthorized payments is um having a conflict of interest mm-hmm. situation. Back to the super circular. Mm -hmm. It's mandated that every organization, including housing authorities, have a written conflict of interest statement. That is very, very important to have something explained in writing that defines what a conflict of interest is and how to avoid it.
0: Right, in their internal controls.
1: In their internal controls. Okay. Exactly.
0: All right. Thank you for that. Um, So what are the most common anti-fraud measures for federal funding?
1: Well, yeah, that's a good question. And I mentioned two of them, making sure that you don't have insufficient documentation. Mm -hmm. And the second one was making sure that you don't have unauthorized payments. Mm -hmm. The third one would be making sure that you don't have false or inaccurate reporting. Now, a lot of, well, all of them, everyone, all of us that receive federal funding have some kind of report that has to be generated on a monthly, quarterly, or definitely an annual basis. So one of the measures that have to be put in place is making sure that those financial reports are accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're transparent. They reflect what's happening in the organization. That's why, again, why the uh, 2 CFR Part 200 Uniform Guidance strongly not recommends, but mandates that we have Mm self-monitoring and that we do that on a monthly, quarterly, definitely an annual basis to make sure that our reports are accurate Mm -hmm. and they're submitted on a timely basis. So that's another thing that can be done. Um, Another one is uh, making sure that we're not misappropriating the federal funds that we received. Mm -hmm. There are certain expenses that are allowable And certain ones that are not allowable. Do you want to go
0: elaborate on that?
1: Well, there are several of them, Wilma. Yeah, I I can touch upon them, but there are more than 50 of of areas that are allowable and unallowable. And what I would recommend, if you really wanted to get into what's allowable and not allowable, is you take a deeper dive into the 2 CFR Part 200, especially subsection E, which pertains to allowable and unallowable cost and take a look at it or attend one of the Native Learning Center's training programs, uniform guidance, cost principles. Uh, I think we even have uh, old webinars,
0: in our archives, archived yes. webinars
1: that, that uh, address that issue. Mm-hmm. But there are several of them and you have to be really very, very careful. They cover everything from advertising to travel and all kinds of things in between. between. (laughs) Everything in between. (laughs) And the more familiar you are with those regulations, the more you can avoid the situation of having misappropriation of federal funds, because that's the one area that all organizations need to avoid, misappropriation Mm -hmm. of funds. If auditors or if your funding agency program review people come in and they see misappropriation of funds, in other words, you're spending your federal dollars in areas that are not allowable, right. you might be shut down. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure you're familiar with them. So good question. But it, there's so many areas that you have to be up to speed on. It, I think it's more than we could. More time that we could spend here in in our broadcast.
0: But, you know, like you said, we do have something in our archives that people would be able to look at. And you can go to our archives at www.nativelearningcenter.com and look at that. Um, So we want to wrap this up a little bit. So where can everyone find these regulations for financial and operational activities?
1: Good question. And and I kind of referred directly and indirectly uh, over the past few minutes, and that is you can go online. You can, uh, for any agency, you can go online and Google 2 CFR Part 200 Uniform Guidance Mm -hmm. and download that. What I would recommend is not only download it, print it out, keep it on your desktop, keep it handy so you can and learn how to navigate through it. Mm-hmm. So you understand what is included in it, how it pertains, what are the internal controls, what are the allowable and unallowable expenses, mm-hmm. and do a deep dive on it so you can understand it. But you can, it, it's out there. I would recommend downloading. It's a rather big document, mm-hmm. so you might not be able to print it out, but definitely put it on your desktop. Definitely learn how to navigate through it. And if you have any questions on that, call me at the Native Learning Center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or and, send me an email.
0: Yes. And you want to share your email address with us? Of
1: course. It's Vincent Franco at semtribe.com. That's S-E-M-T-R-I-B-E.com. Dot, Dot com.
0: And our phone number is area code 954-985-2315. And you could reach Vincent on his extension...
1: One zero six five one. That's
0: one zero six five one. So if you want to reach Vincent, you can reach him at that number. And is there anything else that you'd like to mention that we didn't touch on? I would thank you for joining us today, thank and you, um, that was very helpful information. I hope that people can uh, learn that. And again, if there's any questions, they can contact you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for the time. Everyone enjoy your day.